Welcome to Waiting For You, the podcast where we talk infertility, hope, loss and courage. I'm Janine, mum of one, a newborn and family photographer and lover of dark chocolate. Here we will share stories of families who have faced a different or difficult journey through conception, pregnancy or postpartum. I want to honour these stories and have them be heard and I want to bring it all, the tears, the hope, the despair and the joy. Hey, and welcome back. In today's episode, I chat with Catherine, and it's wonderful. After eight years of trying, Catherine and her husband made the decision to let go. It is a story of true heart and courage, and Catherine shares it so beautifully. And I feel like it's such an important story to be told, because sometimes it just does not work out how we planned. And letting go has to be the way forward. So I'm so grateful to Catherine for sharing this. Catherine is now a fertility and life coach and is doing such beautiful and important work in this space, supporting others on their journey. When I edit the podcast, I always look for a little quote to put on the Instagram page. And I wrote so many down from Catherine. There are so many gems of wisdom. I was so overwhelmed by the end of our chat that I ended it in tears but I'm okay with that. Here's Catherine's story. Hey, Catherine. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's really good to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. Let's start by you telling me a bit about you, yourself and your family. Um, What would you like to share? The person that comes to mind is I'm from a big family and I think that's yeah. really shaped me. Yeah, so I've got three brothers and three sisters. And my husband Scott comes from a big family too. So mm-hmm. we've um I counted them up. We have twenty three nieces and nephews. Oh <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and from an early age I always wanted a big family too. So family just means a lot to us. So and we feel quite blessed. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> And what do you and your husband love to do? We love being outdoors. We like going on adventures, you know, hikes or mountain biking and um, recently a new interest in foraging, which our friends love to tease us about. (laughs) Really? So foraging for food and... Yeah. 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 It's, It's quite interesting. There's just so many edible plants that are highly nutritious that are just everywhere. So that's quite fun. And we do go out a lot. So we like, you know, shows and concerts and movies and meals. Yeah, even on our own friends. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel so grateful for the freedom we have to do those things. Yeah, that's amazing. I love the foraging. That just sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) Does it? (laughs) Good. Yeah, totally does. (laughs) No, not at all, not at all. It's loads of fun. Loads of fun, actually. So, Catherine, today you're going to share with us your experience with fertility. So, do you want to just go ahead and share um, your your journey? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. We we tried for about eight years. Okay. Yeah, and I think a lot of people relate to this. It's definitely the most difficult experience of my life. Yeah. And right until the end, it just never occurred to me 
that we wouldn't have a baby. Like it just mm. even wasn't in my you know, realm of possibility. Yeah. So I'd always wanted children and and I assumed it would just happen. Yeah. And when I was growing up and even when I was trying, I just didn't know people it didn't happen for. I think things have kind of shifted recently, mm. but just didn't know. When I was a kid, I remember telling a teacher that, you know, I'd have lots of kids when I grew up. So having a baby, like it just seemed like a really natural thing. Mm, and mm. I assumed it would happen. And I didn't know people it didn't happen for. Like it wasn't yeah. talked about. There wasn't positive role models or anything. Yeah. And it also growing up, I think like a lot of people just trying not to get pregnant as well. I was mm-hmm. actually kind of scared of the opposite happening. And then when we kind of started to try, um, it's like it started almost casually. I don't know if you know, like just when you're trying, but you're not really seriously trying. Yeah, so we, yeah. Yeah, we were just naively confident, I think. And mm-hmm. then we became more strategic. So the longer we tried, the harder we tried. And when we yeah. started um, trying, I was already in my mid-30s and people had started telling me I was old. Mm-hmm. And over that magical line of 35. But yeah. I wasn't wanted uh, at that point. <laughs> um, and everyone I knew just got pregnant. So I just thought it would happen. And then when it didn't, after a while, we had tests and scans and doctor visits and specialists. I mean, there's a whole period of that. Yeah. And there was no yeah. problems. Okay. So we were, yeah, in that lonely camp of unexplained infertility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard that's a very lonely camp. Yeah. I mean, part of me felt encouraged by that means there wasn't a problem. But I was actually quite surprised because previously I'd been diagnosed with endometriosis. And so oh, I really? just assumed, yeah, that that was the issue. Mm. But the specialist said it was mild and it, it just wouldn't affect my fertility. Okay. But I kind of, yeah, I hooked onto that. I clung onto that and I wasn't taking any chances so that the first thing I did was just went on a quest to become as healthy and as fertile as I could so I eliminated stuff added in all the stuff you know like the herbs and supplements for different people yeah I was obsessed and I just thought if I could cure my endo and my painful periods I'd get pregnant Mm -hmm. and I actually did succeed in curing my endo so you know my cycle became textbook so that was good, but still. Wow. See, and then you know, like when I think back, I just remember things like just I charted my temperature every morning for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I diligently checking my cycle and you know peeing on sticks every month. So I cannot tell you how many hundreds of yeah. sticks I've peed on, and I've never seen a positive pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. And every month. I just thought this will be the month. Like, I just thought it had to. Like, you just have to remain positive and hopeful that it's yeah. going to happen. But I know that underneath that positivity, I I was just sad and I was exhausted. And when I look mm. back, I can see that I was depressed, at, you know, some, to some level. Right. So when you say um, you peed on sticks for years, is this mm. with fertility treatment or is this before you started doing anything with a clinic yeah before before okay yeah so yeah you were just trying to get her and get yourself healthy through food and and then keeping trying yeah 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 
um, and just kind of really knowing my cycle and connecting to my body and knowing when I was fertile and what the science, all of that stuff. Yeah. Mm. So it started becoming, you know, that didn't work. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, I know it works for many people. And I just, you know, it just started feeling the pressure of time. Mm, that's right. And it was, yeah, felt like it was running out. I just felt like it had to happen soon. And then what's happening as well, I just know this, everyone feels this, is that everyone around me was having babies. Every oh my goodness, I, yes. I know, it's ridiculous. I remember one year, I don't know why I did this, but halfway through the year, I stopped counting the number of pregnancies at 15, at like workmates and friends and family. Wow. And during our time of trying, some of our friends were onto their third child. Mm. And it just made me feel so disconnected from my friends and family. You know, I just felt like I wasn't part of that mother's club. It just yeah. Yeah, I felt, yeah, I just felt so disconnected and so isolated and lonely. And I also felt part of that was this, that this was my shameful secret. Oh, okay. I was, I really was not very good at talking about it at that stage. And I just felt like I was broken. It was my fault. It was because yeah. it just so it happened so easily for everyone else. And I didn't mm. know that it was a natural thing. People didn't get pregnant. So was there some um, blaming, self-blaming going on? Oh, completely. I completely mm. blamed myself. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, for me. And when we um, when we had treatment, so I did the coma and that was hideous. <laughs> did not like that. And then the IVF <laughs> process was really good for us. Um, uh, there was something about it that I just enjoyed the handing over of the control. Yeah. It felt like optimistic. So for yep. me, that process, yeah. And I just kind of, yeah, I just felt optimistic. And we actually did have a positive pregnancy, which yeah. I was so excited. And I felt so pregnant. I had morning sickness and I was had that fatigue. And I was just, I just felt pregnant. And the bloods were really good initially. And I started to, we started to kind of plan ahead. You know, I yeah. had money, mm-hmm. booked a midwife because I knew they were hard to yep. oh, go ready for this moment, right? So yep. I was straight on the phone to the midwife and I knew when I'd leave. I mean, it was just really, it was so confident. And then we went for the eight-week scan and mm-hmm. it wasn't a heartbeat. Oh. And so we were just devastated. Yeah. I and I, yeah, I was just, I was in shock. And I remember not crying for a long time. I was just in shock. I, I've never felt so much grief in mm. most of my life. Mm. And I, I know a lot of couples go through worse experiences than that. And this was not particularly special in any way. But it was just such a low point for me and it just hit me hard. And I was, I think I was just incredibly exhausted by this loss and also by the years of just relentlessly trying and failing to have a baby, trying to hold it together. So much. I want to go back and say I think this was particular. You said it wasn't particularly special, but 
you've been trying for so long. This is your first ever pregnancy. I think that is so significant. And then to lose that baby, it's it's like, how can the world be so cruel? So I, I think that's very significant. And I understand why, you know, you were in such deep grief following that. Thank you. I think the craziest thing about this was that I went back to work. <laughs> and it just, I, I, I cannot even sort of fathom that now. I think it was two days later, almost carrying Like I had, like, I was actually physically miscarried. It's just a crazy thing. And I just, um, people didn't know. It wasn't like people around me knew. I was just, you know, onwards. And, yeah, I just, just kind of indicates where where things were at at that time for me mm-hmm. and what was happening in the um in the media and the news around as well. But, yeah. Do you mean that miscarriage was not sort of spoken about or not seen as yeah. anything significant? Yeah, both of those. I yeah. Mean, now we have uh, you know miscarriage leave, baby loss leave, and yeah. But at the time we were talking about it even less. I don't think we talk about it enough still. Same, yeah, yeah. And then, as as I started to share, the number of people who had had miscarriages, like everybody, everyone, yes, you know, it was just it had some experience of it, yes. So that that was interesting. I'm like, why are we not talking about this? I know, like, why all these women and and couples are you know hurting and don't know each other and could support yeah. each other. It's just, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I I didn't have any any tools to deal with it. It's still public. It is changing. Yeah, it's changing. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you've heard this, Janine, but I I learned that grief needs to be witnessed to heal. When you think about our process for funerals and things. And yes. Hold it in, and it's not shared. Yes. It, it it has to go somewhere. So I see. We need to share. We need people to hold space for us. We need people to say, I get it and I'm sorry. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes the experience of telling people and them not understanding why you would feel so sad is a hard one, eh? And I feel like the people who want to support but don't really understand it's like they they have not had experience of meeting that hurt that child so they can't you know like feel the grief yet so quite complex isn't it it is complex and that is definitely one of the reasons I struggled to talk about it because people didn't get it and they do the classic things you know yes yeah and I just felt like people didn't get it so you do kind of hold it in yeah Mm. how many um rounds of IVF did you end up doing we just did one we did one and that's also it's a funny thing for me because because it something sort of shifted and changed after that and and it it just felt like it just didn't feel right anymore Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and so a lot of people didn't understand that, and it's quite a hard thing to explain. But it, I agree. Yeah, yeah, 
Because mm. you know what, you and I both just said you just did one like that, like we use that word just, like it's, um, you know, like very minimizing of the choice to do one and then choose not to do any more. Yeah. Totally understand that. Yeah. And I think it's also something that's not talked about. I see a lot of women who haven't had uh, IVF, have chosen not to, and it's quite a hard thing to talk about because. Yeah. Um, yeah, this story feels different. And I guess there's um, many stories of women on the other side of the coin who, you know, just keep going, keep going, 10 cycles, 11 cycles, and, you know, making a different decision to that, you know, yes. can look and feel and be perceived quite differently. Yeah. 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 And I think people's jump off point um, is quite different, right? So for some some couples will go through to, um, you know, look at surrogacy or adoption or just different processes. And yes. again, we, we, have, we all have our point where it feels comfortable and right for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No one would say. Exactly. Do you want to talk through with me um, – like your decision to stop. So was the IVF cycle the stop point for you to stop trying or was it in a sort of different order? It was after that, yeah. Um, and I can't remember how long after because it took me a little bit to sort of come back up. And then um, and it was at that point that I uh, – because I had tried before to have counselling mm-hmm. and it just I couldn't – um, I couldn't find the right person and I remember having yeah. a, um, a fertility counsellor and I felt worse <laughs> but right. you know, okay. um, after the miscarriage at some point I remember talking to an amazing woman and that helped me get clarity and I remember that was also really really helpful and so so the decision to let go so yeah it was <laughs> I think it is the hardest decision of my life nothing Mm. has ever been so hard so thinking about you know eight years of my life my whole life wanting children yes and thinking it would happen that's right and then getting to that point and and you know like trying for all that time and then not having something for it Mm -hmm. that was excruciating and so it was a really really difficult decision and took me a while and I think for a long time I didn't even think it was an option I knew something had to change. I knew something had to be different. Yeah. I didn't know what. And that whole thought of not being a mother terrified me. I mean, yeah, I my, yeah. Like, um, that sounds right, but my identity was connected to it. Like, if yeah. I wasn't going to be a mother, like, what did that mean? And what am I? Yeah. What am I? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I relate to my friends who I had kind of. You know, I was waiting for to be a mum for things to kind of come back together. So yes. it took me a while to even think that was possible, right? And I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone. I knew people who didn't have kids, but they chose that. Yeah. Yeah. And what was interesting is at that point, like, <laughs> kind of jumping a little bit, but I remember telling people that we'd stopped and people's reaction. I thought people would think, oh, wow, about time. Right. People thought I'd given up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
So I, I found, again, <laughs> this lack of support and understanding or acceptance. But, you know, there's a real difference, I know this now, between giving up and letting go because giving up is like you don't really care. You didn't yeah. really try. And that's definitely not what it was. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So I think I got to the point where I was like, how does this feel if I was to stop? How would it look for us? And so there was a lot of deliberation. And what happened is once we got to the part we made the decision, I realized that actually everything before that point was the hard stuff. It actually got easier after that, not harder. Yeah. It was a line in the sand. And what happened is it allowed me to grieve. So I was able to move through that process. So the eight years and the miscarriage and just was able to actually start that process of healing. Mm-hmm. And while that was happening, like it, so I, I say it like my life was on pause. Like mm-hmm. those years, the life was on hold and it affected like every decision I made. Could I have a glass of wine at this wedding? Exactly. Like, I remember going to hot calls. Oh, I can't get in the hot calls. <laughs> ah, Can I book a holiday? Yeah, everything. Can I, should I join this gym? What if I get pregnant? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have appeared canceling my membership, but or whatever I decided. But it was so bizarre, and so all of a sudden, like, so I was grieving, but it was also like my life was off pause, and mm. I thought the baby would do that, but it actually it wasn't, and just everything became more enjoyable. Everything like that yeah. is so interesting to me. I um, I know that feeling on some level because we had to make that decision to stop trying for a second child and uh, uh, there are so many parallels and I know um, me having a child makes it different to you but that honestly I, I just cannot tell you how much I resonate with this because that was the hardest decision of my life but once it was made I felt so free Free. It's like a relief, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's interesting. It is challenging, I think, that decision to stop for the second. Um, yeah. And I don't think it's given enough airtime. Yeah, it's, true. It's really difficult when you have a child, I think, to share that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Was your um, husband, were you and your husband sort of on the same page around letting go? You weren't. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it's really hard for me um, and really unusual because um, in the woman I see, it's always the men who get there first. And yes, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm sure that's not the case every time, but every case I've heard. And so I think part of it for me was that I didn't really share with my husband just how hard it was for me. I don't think mm. he really. Mm. saw just the pain and struggle and it was really different that was a it was really difficult yeah so difficult (laughs) so difficult and um he would think it was the right thing now but at the time it was was so hard so So was he so was he there before you or after you after me ah so yeah 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 I I just couldn't I just I just couldn't and 
And it's really hard when it impacts your, you know, the love of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And how are the two of you now um, in terms of being at peace with where you're at? Great. Yeah, we recently uh, talked about it, so it had been a couple of years and, Mm. yeah, yeah, great. And, um, you know, we just have a great lifestyle, you know, we just have a good life and, um, Who's to know what having kids would have been like for us? Yeah. But we don't. That's right. But what we do have is great. You know, we, yeah, it's allowed us to do a lot of things. So, yeah, things, yeah. So I think we really have got to a place, I mean, not initially, but we've got to a place where we really value what we've got and appreciate our life. I think that's beautiful. Like, you couldn't have the thing that you wanted and now you're making the most of and being so grateful for what you do have and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's not yeah. like um, how I used to be when I was trying to have kind of this fake positive it's going to work out. and Yeah, yeah. It's not like trying to be uh, positive. It is um, and I don't. I think there must have been a process for me, but it, there is this place where I genuinely feel grateful. Yeah, because I've come through the grief process, come out yeah. the other side. And from listening to you, I'm guessing that you uh, did the grief. I want to say properly. That sounds wrong, but you know, <laughs> yeah. You, I, I imagine you leaned in and you know really felt it and let oh, it yeah. let it I, have yeah, you. Yeah. Been. Yeah, yeah it exactly. It took me a long time. I had to learn it. And part of the thing for me um, in the process is that I <laughs> I discovered meditation and mm-hmm. that really connected me. I couldn't hide or run from what I was feeling. Okay. And that, that really, really helped. That really, really helped. So Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Is that something you still practice? Yeah, every yeah. day. Yeah grounding point and connection point for me. Yeah. Let's talk about what you've gone on to do for your work because you're now working in this space and I'd love to hear about how you came to that and what it's like and what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, I love talking about my work. Good. Um, (laughs) I I found my experience, I know I'm not alone in this, I found Mm. it incredibly isolating. No one understood. No one got it. I couldn't find the right people to talk to. And then, you know, when I did, people didn't get it. And I just didn't have the tools or resources to deal with what I was going through. And I didn't really even understand um, the impact. I didn't understand what an impact it was having on me. And I really didn't do things right at all. Like, not at all. You know, I had to learn a lot. Yeah, and then once I sort of came out the other side, and going through that whole process of who am I, <laughs> and what's my life, what does it mean now, and part of that was evaluating what work I did, and I was working as a job coach and a career advisor. Okay. Yeah, so I was already, and I and also working in recruitment in the corporate world, and mm-hmm. yeah, and I knew I didn't want to, yeah. And it just, it's just sort of came together that, ah, why don't I 
work in an area that means a lot and so yeah. another woman yeah and I think for me that's been the real gift of this I mean I, I mean there's not always a gift for people but for me that's what makes me feel the most grateful is that right. I found purpose because purpose is something really important for me and and, yeah. and it's a gift to other women too because you're now there as a someone who can help others yeah yeah absolutely and I you know someone once said to me doesn't it um train you listening to right. you know, these sad stories and it, it it's kind of interesting because it doesn't like it, mm. it fills me up that I can be there and yeah. I can understand and I can support and that people can leave feeling heard and understood and just feeling lighter. Yeah. Amazing. So did you have to do a, a sort of additional training on top of your um, qualifications you already had? Yeah. Yeah. So just, I did a life, life coach qualification. Uh, yeah. Right. To add to what you had already had. Yeah. Yeah. And then also um, always kind of, once you get into this field, always upskilling. So I've done yeah. different courses. Yeah. Um, and hypnotherapy and different techniques and online right. learning. Yeah. Yeah, I see. And so now what does your work look like? Do you take private clients and work with them and listen to them and support them? Yes. Most of my yeah. work is one-on-one one -on -one yeah. work. So like a counselling session, but it's a coaching session. Really. Right, and specifically around fertility. Yes, and yeah. I have since expanded and worked with other clients. So I've, I also see people like for career advice and just general okay. coaching as well. But right. fertility is my passion. Yeah, of course. The thing I connect with most. And I, think yeah. I just don't want other people to find it as hard as I did. You know, I, I want them to know that they can feel better and that I also want there to be this message, we don't hear this enough, or even, well, I mean, I didn't hear it at all, that, you know, even if your worst fear comes true, right, which did for me, yeah. my worst fear, the unimaginable that I wouldn't have kids, that things can still be okay. Mm. I, like, you can... Um, still find joy and happiness and meaning without kids mm. and and I want I want there to be a message that there's hope on the other side as well so yeah. that you know um you know at the time I felt like I was giving up hope but really hope means like that you know a genuine hope for whatever happens is going to be okay yeah and so you know, understanding that the hard part is in that struggle. It's in that trying. We think the hard part will be if it doesn't happen. So I kind of mm -hmm. also, I also want others um, to feel hope that it's going to be okay, that they will be okay, that they will get through it, whatever yeah. happens. And there can still be purpose and beauty and amazing things in your life. It's just going to look different to your original plan. Yeah, and that there's so many ways to love, and there's so many ways to have a family, be a family, many ways to leave a legacy, to nurture, mm. many ways to be a woman, 
or to belong, whatever it is that, uh, and it's not the same for everyone, but whatever it is that having a baby sort of, you imagine it's going to bring, yes. the other way to create that in the world. Mm, that's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, I feel really, that feels like such a powerful statement. Um, and yeah. so is that um, something you really work through with people who find themselves in the position that you were in? Is, yeah, um, part of it. The, and the, yeah. Yeah. Like the coach I worked with, she said to me, why Why do you want to have a baby? And I said, because I want to love. I want to, mm. you know. Mm. And she's like, yes. You know, there's so many ways to love. And yeah. so that I get to love through my work and through all my relationships. And, and I'm a very loved cat. <laughs> yeah, I have a very loved dog that is absolutely my second child. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have no apologies of saying I had a hole in my heart and I got a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Therapy. Totally. totally. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, thank you for sharing about your work. I find that. Uh, so interesting and so powerful and I'm so glad you are there for other women and families who need you. I, I don't know if there's much of, out there for of what you're doing. I'm not sure, but um, I think it's incredible. Yeah. I don't think there's enough out there about being meeting people exactly where they are mm. and not about where they want to be with a child, you know, have been pregnant or having a child. Yeah. So it's always about moving towards that rather than meeting someone right in the present moment and seeing where they are and holding that space for them. Yeah. So much power in that. Really so exciting. much. Yeah. yeah Did, would really most of your clients be um, people who are needing to let go or, or could it be just someone in the fertility process still trying as well? Yeah, it's both. So both, yeah. Fertility. Very different processes for me as a coach. Yeah. But yeah, not a whole mix. I was going to say, look, most of the women who are trying end up having a baby. Yeah. There's so much going on that um, sometimes it's, there's so many reasons. And, um, you know, I sometimes get messages, you know, a year or two later that they're mm. But yeah, definitely get women who are thinking about what's my next steps and moving forward. And even people who, who stopped trying years ago. I had a woman who stopped trying. She worked in a neonatal right. um, area of the hospital mm. and getting triggered a lot. Yeah. 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 But what I find is people come when they, you know, they're really at a point where they don't feel like they're coping. Right. And yeah. I'd love it if we had more, wraparound support and care for people all through the process because it gets mm. hard to quit, right? So I think we still have this, uh, what do you call it, you know, like this way in our society of, you know, we need to soldier on, we just need to grit and get through it, you know, put yes. the big pants on. There still is that and it's like it's actually okay, like part of part of coping is getting support. Like that's actually part of coping. Yeah. You know yeah, yeah, that's huge yeah. part of coping. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and so and what I find is that when we we're not processing what we're experiencing, 
then it has a way of catching up with us. So it mm. certainly does for me. But it's like yeah. the, the teacup is full. And so any little knock, you know, we call them triggers, spills over. You know, yeah. I've had clients who had a client who was telling me she was at, you know, a meeting with a client and they said something random. And this is a successful, you, you know, professional woman and she yes. just burst and yeah. ran leaving all her things out of the meeting and other clients who have been at weddings and oh my goodness and, you yes. know, and, and crying in the toilets for an hour yeah, and, and yeah oh I can totally relate to that stuff yeah yeah oh yeah so yeah it's like you can kind of put on a bit of a charade that you're fine and think you can go out for the night, but actually someone just has yeah. to scratch it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. un- even unknowingly like that woman in the meeting and that's it's all there and all ready to come tumbling out. Yeah. yeah. It seems unrelated and it catches you off guard. And that's right. Yeah. 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 So we need yeah. to be making sure we've got uh, ways of releasing and connecting with that emotion so they don't kind of come out when we don't want them. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Let's go on to, um, I've got sort of three final questions that I love to finish the podcast with. And the first one is, what's something that you've learned about yourself over these years? Oh, gosh, so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I learned you know, that I was really wanting to control my life. And that's not an easy thing to kind of recognize. Mm-hmm. You know, I had it planned and mapped and this is the way it's going to be. And this is, you know, I had the movie version of my life in my head, right? This yeah. is how it's going to be. And so I had to learn to let that go. And I had to learn not just to have hope but to have trust. You know, yeah. trust that I could cope, that I'm okay, whatever happens, and that I needed to trust life, that yeah. that life was working out whatever that looked like to what I planned yeah that's beautiful I've heard this little saying of even if it's not okay it'll be okay and oh, that's yeah. what I'm hearing kind of from you today is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And, I, and I also learned that <laughs> I think everyone has their things right and when you're in infertility you like it feels like it's just you it feels like it's the worst thing and it is I think we all have stuff and I learned that even when you don't get what you want and that life sucks and that life is unfair that it can still be good and acceptance isn't it isn't liking what happened to us right so I think what happened was shit <laughs> like it was all, yeah it was it's horrible. totally shit yeah totally yeah. shit right but it's finding it's like asking you know what do I need to do what's going to help me how can I find my way through so yeah. it's not necessarily liking it, but accepting it. This has happened. This is how it is. Now what? Mm. What do I want for myself? What do I want for us? What do I want? How do I want things to go from here? And I think we sometimes, well, I did. I thought acceptance was something kind of different. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. And um, any kind of words of love or advice that you would give to someone who might find themselves resonating with what you're talking about? Yeah. You know, I think there's two big myths we have. And one is that I can cope on my own and that I'm right. the only one going through this. 
and most of the women I see don't have people they 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 talk to that get it and so uh, my biggest advice and this is the advice to myself as well the younger me is to keep going and find someone you trust to talk to so we right. need to know you're not alone, you know, and be selective, like Brene Brown says, and she talks yes. about to hear your story, right? So just yeah. it needs to talk about it. And for me, it's not just talking about the medical clinical side. So it's not talking about the drugs and the cycles. It's talking about the emotional impact, the yeah. issues with your partner, the isolation, the what's happening in your work when you're feeling, um, you know, it's all of that stuff. Yeah. And that... You will come out of this. So where you are now is the hard part. Like right. It doesn't get harder than in that middle where yeah. you are dealing with another failed round of IVF or another yeah. disappointing cycle. This is as hard as it gets. And so you will come out and just knowing that even if it doesn't happen, like, like having taking a moment to think about the worst scenario and letting yourself go there and knowing that if that happens, that that you will be okay. That, mm-hmm. in fact, it could even be better than okay because I know that after my experience, if I can be okay, then you can too. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that it can be okay and better than okay is often impossible to kind of believe. So having someone help you through that, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to believe, but it's just, I want to say it, so it sort of plants that in someone's mind, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. it's like still try, still hold on to the hope, but just, you know, just know that it's still going to be okay. Yeah. Well, my final question for you today, and I feel like you might have already answered this um, just from us chatting, but let's ask it anyway. Catherine, what brings you joy in your life after letting go? Oh, gosh, it sounds so cliche now. So it's people, so my hubby and my cat, like our wee family, yeah. my friends and family, and yeah. I just feel so blessed. And my mm-hmm. work, I feel incredibly grateful for the yeah. work I do. Yeah. Um, it all comes back to love, eh, which is what we talked about oh, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and also... Uh, <laughs> mountain biking at the moment because I'm doing uh I'm doing an event called spiritual woman and so I'm training and yeah it's a team event and so I'm enjoying that I'm enjoying getting fit again and yeah cool training that's lovely oh gosh thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared today um gosh I feel so (laughs) I know this wasn't about me, but I feel so seen and validated just from talking to you. Um, yeah, and like, oh my God, I'm going to cry. My journey was so long ago, but so much of what you said was um, just so validating for me. So thank you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I think the work you're doing is so beautiful and I'm so glad other people get to have that support. Um, I, I was one of those people that sort of did it alone and didn't didn't know where to find the help. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the, the 
the work you do in having this platform and and having uh, people having this platform to share stories because I think we need more stories. We yeah, need to too. know alone and we need to know all the unique stories that are out there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I didn't expect for those tears to come flooding out, but it really does show that even all these years later, the scars are still there and that's okay. I am truly grateful to Catherine for sharing her story and the work she is doing. I have put her coaching page link in the show notes. As always, I hope this podcast brings you hope, healing and hugs. <laughs>